for me, that was the um, peak of the movie. It was the crux of everything. And I think it was beautifully written. It was powerfully delivered and brought tears to my eyes and the eyes of so many other women I've spoken to because it really hits at the heart of what women are experiencing, but not many talk about. I'll have what she's having. Welcome to another edition of Confidence Podcast. I'm so glad we finally got a chance to get together. So anyway, hey everybody, welcome back. This is the uh, She Talks Confidence Podcast. This is Tony. I am a uh, women's empowerment coach, women's confidence coach, uh, therapist, uh, girl dad. And with me, I have my good friend, Gia Lacqua, who is also a women's empowerment coach, children's author, as you can see behind her, if you're watching the YouTube video, all of those are yours, right? Yes. Yeah, all of those. And and also speaker. Today, we're going to talk Barbie movie. We've been wanting to talk about this for a while. It's a matter of getting the schedules squared away. And it, it has been out for a little while, but I think it's probably a good thing that we're talking about it now versus at the beginning, because maybe some people have not seen it and now they have. So Gia, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for having me back, Tony. It's such a pleasure to be here. And I say go Barbie or go home. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of back and forth and this is very polarizing. And I just want to get your take on it first and foremost. And let's just go from there because of course, this show is about women. It's about women's confidence. I'm trying just to be an advocate for women. So I'd like to get your initial thought as a woman and then as a mom. And then we can germinate that seed as we go forward. I'm happy to. And also, I think it is important. I love the work that you do with women and women's empowerment. And I think you do an incredible job. I think your perspective as a man is equally as important here. And love to hear your perspective on this as well. I would say that the way the movie was done, in a way, it, it was brilliant. Because, Tony, if I had asked you to go with me to see a movie about the demands of being a modern woman. I'm going to venture to guess you would have said hard pass. Thanks. Yeah. And even me and and I'm an advocate and I'm a girl dad, but that if that's like the main line, it's like me being pulled to the sisters of the traveling pants or or whatever that movie was. I'm like, I'll go, but I'm not looking really forward to it. But yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. But the funny thing is it's not about women. It's about men and women. It's about the system, right? Absolutely. And I think Barbie is such an incredible character in the sense of her evolution and her development. And she's been seen as the epitome of quote unquote perfection for so many years. Who better to play that role of a woman having an existential crisis, right? Talk about irony. So I just, I thought it was beautifully done from that perspective. I think every woman can really identify with Barbie in one way or another, whether you're waking up realizing for the first time you have cellulite, whether you're being objectified by a man or waking up one day and asking, who am I? And really, how do I fit into the societal standards? I think it really speaks to the challenges that women face on their journey to success. And the fact is that they create such a stark contrast in the different worlds. And there's a reason for that. And the reason is to show the perfection, nothing. She kept saying, I don't want anything to ever change. That was her whole thing. And it was all this, this unrealistic perfection type of reality that was going on. And then all of a sudden reality came in to it and she started seeing that stuff and then went up and visited Weird Barbie, which the two, my two favorite characters in the whole thing are Weird Barbie and Alan. Yes. 
and Alan, because and I'll just say this before we forget as we go through this, Alan is like true consciousness. Alan is the base foundational true confidence and consciousness. It, it's interesting that he is in the background. There's no ego to Alan at all. He's there to just be okay and to figure stuff out and just be chill with whatever's going to work best for everybody. And he wants to be friends with both Barbie and both Ken. But interestingly enough, he's not a beta, first of all, alpha and beta thing that doesn't exist, but he's not a beta in that definition because remember when he gets out of the car because they're trying to leave and there's a bunch of construction workers there building a wall like vertically because they're idiots, right? <laughs> but he, he gets out and says, I'll take care of this. And he literally destroys like 10 <laughs> huge construction guys, yes. like subtly. That's a great. Yeah, I think that's the point of the whole thing. So many reviews have been talking about this. And the key is the fact that patriarchy, which for lack of a better term, is a society that's run by men. The patriarchy is men. It could be matriarchy for sure. women. But Barbie Land was a patriarchy from a women's standpoint. It was a matriarchy, right? A matriarchy, yeah. And that didn't work either. And that's the entire point of the movie is the fact that when they came back and, and Ken went off and went to the real world and said, oh, wow, man, the, you know, men rule the world here and went back and, and the changes started happening. And things got all messy. And the point is that when the Barbies decided to change it back, I believe it was the president who said, yeah, but we don't want everything to go back to exactly how it was. Mm -hmm. And then there was an acknowledgement of, they call it Kenpathy mm -hmm. in the movie, which is the acknowledgement of the male, yeah, I don't know if you want to call it fragility or the male emotional or that there's, because to me as a man in watching this, I saw the movie not just necessarily something that shines the light on the inequity, the inequalities between the men and women and the patriarchy, which is totally exists. But I also see it as you need to acknowledge the men and the men's role. And then you need to ask yourself from a woman's perspective, what are my expectations or what do I want or what's going to work? Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's right. And I think you also get to see within the same character, like I loved Ryan Gosling playing the Ken character because you get to see him go from one type of person to a different type of person, right? Throughout the duration of the movie. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was also brilliantly done because you get to see that contrast and then how he comes back in the middle to, I have to figure out who I am, right? Yep, and that, was, thought, that was the message. Yeah. to everybody. Right. And again, it's the gender role switch. Yeah. And he yeah. was dealing with the fact that he had no, his identity, and in fact, he even said it in the movie, was Barbie and Ken. Yes. His identity was associated wholly and completely with Barbie. And that was the whole point at the end was him crying and trying to figure himself out and all the other Kens waking up and saying, I'm Ken and having some sort of an existential realization or an awakening that they have their own identity in this. It's satirical and it's really syrupy, but that's the entire point. Any good work of art, and I will call this an art for movies are an art form. Sure. More so than entertainment, depending upon what the movie is. Any form of that is subtle, but if you are in tune to it, then I think it's insanely powerful. And actually, if you been reading 
some of the articles and stuff that in fallout that's been happening since this came out. Women are breaking up with their men. They're also using it as a litmus test. <laughs> They're asking dates. And if they go out with men, they also ask them how, what they thought about Barbara. So as a mom mm-hmm. of girls, what's your take on this? So it's interesting. I, for me, I'm a little bit torn on this. On one hand, it's not really geared towards children, although my girls are Barbie obsessed. The storyline and the plot is really not meant for little girls, right? right? So on one hand, I felt, okay, it's probably not appropriate. I shouldn't take them. On the other hand, there's so much value in education in the message that I want them to see and understand. So I'm torn in that way in the sense that I feel like it would be good for them to see, but there needs to be a translation of what that means to them. Because it's a tale of being a modern woman and becoming a modern woman. And it's about breaking those stereotypes and the traditional gender roles. And it's really about self-discovery, finding out who you really are and being authentic to who you are. The other message I loved in it was allowing yourself to dream big, right? This Mm -hmm. concept of the reappropriate character, Ruth Handler, where she says, Mm -hmm. humans die. Ideas live forever. I thought that was also really beautifully done. So I think there's just so many messages and empowering storylines within the movie that would really resonate with them, even at a very young age. Do you think that the relationship between America Fiera and her daughter, what do you, what did you take away from that? To me, it just gave America's character the ability to dig and become more aware to really hurt, like she said, being weird and dark and different. <laughs> and that's, and, and it was her drawings that actually started the whole thing. Yeah. But what do you feel as though the role was with her daughter and that relationship? Yeah, it's interesting. There's almost a role reversal there in in a way, because it was like the teenage daughter was being the more mature, I don't play with Barbies. And then you have the mom who works at Mattel playing with Barbies and doing these sketches. (laughs) So I thought that was an interesting uh, relationship. I also think it's very relatable. I think moms who have a teenage daughter, I think, look at that and say, yeah, that's pretty accurate, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's pretty spot on. And and then to see them come around and end up being on the same team and fighting for the same thing, I thought was really powerful too. And her daughter actually empowering her when Barbie started lashing out at her and saying, this is your fault, this is your fault. And she's going, don't blame my mom on this. Right. This is really just the border between the worlds crumbling. The thing that has stood out the most from the movie, from what I've seen, is America Fiera's speech, which is insanely powerful. And I want to read a little bit of it because I have it here. And I want to get your take on it because as a man, and again, I've been in a different place because I'm a, I'm an advocate and I'm a women's empowerment coach and I deal with powerful women all the time and I'm a girl dad. And that's, that's the reason why I do this is almost the same reason why they made the Barbie movie because that's what I'm trying to do. But even that being the case, I'm not a woman and I don't have a woman's perspective. So she talks about trying to be thin, but not too thin. You, uh, you have to say you want to be healthy, but you also have to be thin. You have to have money, but you can't ask for money because that's crass. You have to be a boss, but you can't be mean. You have to lead, but you can't squash other people's ideas. You have to answer for men's bad behaviors, which is insane. But if you point that out, you're accused of complaining. 
You're supposed to say pretty for men, but not so pretty. You tempt them too much or that you threaten other women because you're supposed to be a part of the sisterhood. What did you think about that soliloquy and what can both men and women get out of that? For me, that was the um, peak of the movie. It was the crux of everything. And I think it was beautifully written. It was powerfully delivered and brought tears to my eyes and the eyes of so many other women I've spoken to because it really hits at the heart of what women are experiencing, but not many talk about. Mm -hmm. And I think in the beginning, she said right off the bat, we always have to be extraordinary, but somehow we're always doing it wrong. And so there's this juxtaposition of, and and that cognitive dissonance that we are always feeling. And that feeling of never being good enough resonates with pretty much every woman I work with, probably most of the women you work with mm-hmm. and talk to, and just feeling like what I say and what I do are not always consistent. And that creates that internal friction. And so I think she very explicitly calls out some of those experiences that we have on a daily basis, again, that people don't typically talk about. And I think it's, it was very powerful to hear it. And, and it really hits home for people. I think it's also a really great takeaway to think about the fact that you don't have to be this or that. I think we're used to putting people in boxes. When it comes to women, it's very easy to categorize and say, we have to fit a certain mold or a certain stereotype. And I think now people are starting to realize that we can break those stereotypes, we can break those molds, and it doesn't have to be one or the other. And I think that's a really powerful takeaway. It's coming to the forefront that it doesn't have to be either or. It can be this and that. For example, I can be strong and I can be vulnerable. I can be tough. I can also be fragile. I can be assertive and I can be accommodating. I can be selfless but I can still have boundaries. I can be a lover and I can be a fighter, right? right. And I think that's hard for people to understand and accept that, wait, but I thought you were this. And it speaks to the identity piece and really knowing who you are and not falling into those stereotypes or those molds and speaks to the authenticity piece. And not believing in the stereotypes. That's what I got from that. The fact is that you could be too thin, but too healthy and this and that. And you The thing is, that's systemically generated, if you want to call it the patriarchy system, That's the expectations, right? But the thing is, everything that we talk to our uh, clients about, everything that we're about is empowerment. Mm -hmm. It's about empowerment coming from here. And when that happens, you will still recognize and be aware of the fact that those exist, those expectations exist, but they won't be something that you have to that you're trying to stay within, which is a lose situation. It's a zero sum game. It's you can't win in that. And she's right. Uh, But the way things have been set up and when you can't win at something, you're constantly hopeless and you're constantly depressed and you're constantly anxious, trying to walk on eggshells and not being authentic to who you are. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's the inauthenticity that we as coaches, empowerment coaches for women, that's the thing we try to hit hard. And the thing we try, when we try to turn the ship, that's the dime we're trying to turn it on is the fact that instead of looking out towards those stereotypical guidance points that are out there in society, it's about empowering yourself to say, all right, those are out there and I get it. And it's social media is what it is. And I'm not going to change it. But the point is, is that, like you said, 
I can be a lover and a fighter. I can be confused and logical at the same time. <laughs> you can do those things. Life is not binary. It's not an either or, right. which interestingly enough, and I wanted to address this. That's the reason why you have the people that are bagging on the movie is because they live in a binary world. Yes. They have, and, and a lot of the, if you want to call them the right wingers or the, the guys out there, and I know a couple guys, but I'm not going to give them a name because they're morons, but they look at things in, in an either or, and they look at things in a traditional sense. And it's that whole adage of, if it's, we've been doing this the whole time, why change it type of thing, which is insane, right? Because that's the worst argument for anything ever. But that's the reason why you're having the backlash on this. And like we talked about before the show, the ironic part about that is this movie is as much for them as it is for women. Because what it does is it exposes Ken and it talks about Ken Pathy and it, and it talks about, and it really provides the big question to all of us. And the big question is, what do you want? What's going to work? It's not about you guys. Because remember, it's not about the Barbies running the world. It's not about the women running the world. It's not about the men running the world. What, where's the nuance? Where's the agreement? That's the big question, isn't it? That's what I got from the movie. Yeah, the harmony, right? Yeah, What? how do we do it? And Exactly. Neither world is perfect. Both are imperfect. So where's the balance? Where do we create that harmony? I think that's exactly right. And that's what Al, that Alan's my harmony. It's like your inner voice externalized. Yeah. It is. It really is. That's what I, that's why I love Alan and weird Barbie. I just, who doesn't oh, love weird Barbie, right? Fantastic. The fact she's always doing splits, but other than that, that's just because I can't. And I just, <laughs> oh, that's like the coolest thing. And plus who, and you, I'll just ask you, you had a weird Barbie, everybody, right? Oh, every, girl, every girl had a weird, of that's course. Like, yeah, that's the one that you decide to do the haircut on. Yeah, I, and I have plenty of them in my basement. <laughs> so moving forward, have, do you have any personal experience with other women that you talk to about this or just like around or other men? What's your personal experience in terms of the, not the lashback on it, but the what just the feedback that you've gotten on the movie. Yeah, the, the read on the movie. I mean, yeah. like you said, I've, I've gotten sides of it. And to be honest, I had heard a lot of feedback before I actually saw the movie, which lowered my expectations. Did it? Oh, so yeah. the feedback wasn't good before no. you saw it. No. And so I got, went into it a little cynical huh, and I was okay. absolutely blown away. <laughs> and I think you're right. I think, listen, there's a lot of reasons why people take issue with any movie, right? Different, there's different aspects to it. But I think what you're talking about in terms of the patriarchy and men being offended I think a lot of it is misplaced anger. I think it's a failure mm -hmm. to be able to reflect and identify. The hyperbole is brilliantly done. It's done to make a point and yeah. to, to have people really see some of the things that either still exist that need to change or in terms of where we've come from in our history, there's certain things that are just undeniable. And then I've had women who said it really like, brought tears to my eyes and it really was, it, it, it was so emotional. Mm -hmm. particularly Gloria's monologue towards the mm -hmm. end. And it really touched upon so many important things that women are feeling and experiencing again, and, and really aren't talked about frequently enough. And so I love the fact that they also, the main character 
uh, Barbie is is stereotypical Barbie. Yeah, right. We talk about all the different types of Barbie and which type of Barbie are you? And so it did even, it's so thought provoking. The fact that we're sitting here having these conversations and like thinking about your own experience. And I could literally, we, I could talk for three hours at least on this because uh, it is so insanely layered. I, I wanted to bring one, one thing up that the yeah. Kens, when the Kens were fighting each other, they afterwards, when they did their whole, their whole dance number and afterwards, <laughs> they said we were only fighting because we didn't know who we were. Yep. And that's that whole thing that you had just indicated in terms of really understanding really who you are and where we all fit into all of this. Absolutely. And it just, and it begs a big question. Anyone I know, because we work with people all the time, it's not like this is going to be a panacea and a cure-all for anything, but that's the point of art. And that's the point of entertainment in a impactful way is it gets you to think. It's like a really good song. It hits you. It's thought provoking. And perhaps it'll create some sort of a pattern interrupt inside of you or inside of the people that really need it. Now, the problem is that most of the people that really need it are the ones who don't get it. Yes. But it's definitely sparked the conversation. It sparked the debate. And to your point, that's really what good art does. And um, I think the fact that's happening is definitely a sign of she did something right. <laughs> oh yeah, and I absolutely love it. I want to get your last thoughts on this, but my last thought is I thought there was a great line in the movie that we could, and as a psychologist, I it was like, oh my god, they're speaking my language, and I'm curious as to why they put it into this degree because it was really like highbrow psychology stuff. But she said after she snapped out of it. Uh, she said, by giving voice to the cognitive dissonance required to be a woman under the patriarchy, you robbed it of its power. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, that is heavy. Powerful. I think they threw that in there because they can act on that. And then they showed what happened was, and that's when they started deprogramming the Barbies that were programmed after Ken came back. Yes. Back to, and then they got the, the Kens to be jealous of each other and fight each other which is another huge metaphor in terms of like society in and of itself. Again, while well, we could talk about this for 12 hours. So that's my final thoughts is that I think the underlying message is openness and awareness. And if we can be aware of the fact that nobody's a victim here and nothing's being taken away, guys, right? And women, there's no victimization. It's just, we've all been working in this system and it's a very underlying and unconscious and intangible. You can't see it. It's the system that we've been working in. And it's not right. It doesn't work for everybody. And so why not be open to looking to make some subtle shifts to make it better? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think you're right. I think that was a very deep thought and moment that Barbie had. And I'm curious as to your perspective, would you say that's similar when you're dealing with fear, is it when you take fear out of the shadow and put it into the light, it becomes less scary, right? Is that similar? It does, because then you have some level of recognition of it's there and it, it is what it is. And then you can work with it. If you don't know, and if it's in the shadows and it continues to be something where you can't put a finger on it, so to speak, then it's even scarier because the mind reels. It takes off and it creates you know, devastation and ultimate massive mega fears, where if you can just put it in front of you, then you can start to go through the process and work with it and right. either work around it or yeah, 100%. That's 100% metaphorical. Just so many powerful themes and messages throughout the movie, like you said, for women as well as for men. And 
the fact that Barbie was able to cry in the real world, I thought was another powerful moment where she was able to experience those emotions and experience tears for the first time. And Mm -hmm. even though she was feeling a negative in her mind, what was a negative emotion, there was some relief Mm -hmm. by being able to cry. So I thought that was really powerful too, because it shows how we all try to hold it together. And we think that tears are a sign of weakness. And that was a powerful moment as well. Very much. I didn't even think about that, but you're right. The being something that you're trying to hold it together all the yeah. time, that makes a lot of sense. And the way that, that just spoiler alert, but if you haven't seen it, then why even listen to the show? <laughs> but the fact that they ended it to where they, you thought that she was going to go into a job interview yeah. or she was going to go into some, do something. This, and it was actually, a, yeah, she was going into the OB, yeah. <laughs> which, which was the culmination of her deciding to be human, deciding to be flawed, deciding to, you know, live within this world that really did. But she, but that was to her, that was more valuable than being the plastic, perfect Barbie. And she had her choice to do that. And she did. Because that's the world where she can create change. Exactly. Amen. See, there's the mic drop right there. (laughs) Thanks, G. I really appreciate it once again. And where can people get a hold of you and buy your awesome kids books? Thank you so much. You can visit my website at gialacqua.com. I'm on Instagram at gialacqua. And my books are on sale at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Perfect. Thanks and it's Gia. And, and Lacqua is L-A-C-Q-U-A. And the reason I say that is yeah. because I have misspelled it numerous times. That's so okay. it's right. So it's Gia and then L-A-C-Q-U-A.com. And you can see all the books back there. and Or get a hold of you for your talks or for your empowerment coaching. Absolutely. Thanks so Perfect. much for having me on. It's been a pleasure. As always, right? Third show already. Like first season, third show, right? So yeah, that's because we have, we always have great conversations. Absolutely. Again, if you want to get a hold of me, you can get a hold of me at Tony at theconfidencedoc.com. Uh, my new website is tonydufrain.com. And if you can't spell it because nobody can, then you can go to theconfidencedoc.com. I have encapsulated my keynote speech, my 50-minute keynote speech, and which is really the precursor to my private coaching program. I've encapsulated that into an ebook that I'm offering for seven bucks, literally the same price as a venti pumpkin spice latte. And so you save yourself like 700 as a body dysmorphic like myself. If I can save myself 700 calories and actually learn something, that's a that's win. To- totally. It's a win, a right? Win. <laughs> and, you, and just get your cake pop, but just don't get the venti. There just you don't go. Get the, right? Just this one time. So I have that available. And if you have any questions or concerns, you can always get a hold of me at Tony at the Hope things are good. And we will talk to you next week. Bye.